Hey everyone, this is Nate Sheets, and I am here with my co-host Jill. Yo! Jill Snell, I should say, yeah. Snelly. And this is the It's a Brain Thing podcast, and we are broadcasting from Salem, Oregon. You guys, Salem's so good. Salem's nice. I'm yeah. obsessed with it. I can't even tell you enough. Yeah, Salem's a cool town. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, we are going to be talking a little bit more in depth about... Um, the river visual that we talked about before. So in a previous episode, we had talked about, you know, this need to visualize problem solving for people with fetal alcohol or kids or, you know, anybody really, but this, we don't want to just be talking about things. We want to be visualizing things. So Jill, you had mentioned the river yeah, and we made a visual. So the visual will be released to you all um, with the episode. It will be a PDF document that you kind of cut pieces out of and then laminate if you want to laminate them. You don't have to. You can just print them off. But um, we're going to walk you through that today and how this can be helpful in problem solving challenges or behaviors um, in more than just a verbal way. So Jill, do you want to remind everybody how this came to be? Because this is really your idea. Yeah. Um, I just felt like, um, with, with both my girls, they both have, they have my, my middle daughter has a body barrier and then our oldest, um, who I talk about on this, on this jam, she has the brain barriers. And, um, I kept, uh, noticing with them that they felt, um, really out of control with their bodies and their mm-hmm. brains and, and just feeling like they had no, um, no way to overcome or no way right. to, to feel better and to get better. And so I wanted to really create a visual support for them that they could see that um, there are ways and that yeah. every time we, we travel down making a certain decision or doing a different thing, that they are creating these incredible neuron pathways. And being able to explain um, neurology to a child is really mm-hmm. hard, but putting it into a super funky river with cool barriers and boats. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely their jam. Totally. And so yeah. this is really a part of talking to a person about their disability, if they have fetal alcohol. And, you know, people... Or might, any disability. Yeah. Or, or not, any barrier. Any barrier. Exactly. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that because this yeah. can be applicable really to everybody or kids without disabilities. But just being really frank, here is one of your issues. Let's talk about what is impulsivity. Like we talk about it as their team, you know, me as the behavior consultant, the parent, the counselor, the therapist, the whoever, we talk about it. But what do we ever explain? What is impulsivity to the person themselves? Maybe like at least knowing what that is can help them to kind of see like what where they could be moving toward. Exactly. Um, Name it to tame it. Name name it to tame it. That's the term that, yeah, we've been using. So, um, we are going to go through kind of the visual. So when you open up the PDF, you're going to see the introduction. There's going to be um, some information there. And with these first few pages, you just cut out whatever you want. So I like laminating visuals personally. Lamination and Velcro are your yeah. best friends by yeah. in bulk. So you would, the directions are kind of just with everything that you would be cutting. So um, you would choose one of the boats and on the visual, that's the river, you'll see that you're going to move from right to left when you're kind of discussing this. So the first page of visuals are just a bunch of... They're, left to right. No, they move right to left. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> right to left. <laughs> yeah. For real? See how the the boats are facing. Oh. They're gonna move from the right to left. You just shocked my entire world, Nate. I actually switched the position of the boat so they would be what? uniform. Yeah. Uh-oh. I, I thought of this. You did. And note how the bear is facing to the I don't left. Know. I'm to gonna face have to the pro- boat. <laughs> have to process through these these yeah. changes. I'm used to sharpies, you guys. But he he's incredibly you're gonna just adore these visuals, you guys. They're gorgeous, they're amazing. I like did all of my supports in Sharpies. So. Right. And you don't have to print a visual. You can use whatever you want, really. No, but these are rad. Yeah. These are rad. I'm just going to have to process through it, but it'll be good. Right. Yeah. Good. But there are directions. Yeah, so yeah. Um, the first page of visuals is the obstacles page. So as we're talking with somebody about a behavior they're having or a goal they're not reaching, um, this is often referred to in collaborative problem solving as having um, you're you're having a plan B conversation to identify a concern or a problem. So these obstacles, you choose an obstacle visual or the person would ideally, and then you can talk about whatever it is. And so for our kids with FASD, you're only going to want to be talking at least to start off with, with one obstacle at a time. There's a bunch of visuals to choose from, but we don't want to overload them. So if we identify a goal or a behavior that we want to work on, we want to then identify the obstacle to making that happen or preventing it. So Jill, can you give us um, some ideas about the obstacles that you and your daughter have maybe identified when you've used this system to process through things? Absolutely. So I think the biggest one for us, the goal would, would be to, when we're angry to not hit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the obstacles for that, I think one of the biggest ones is impulsivity. Because yep. I think all humans sometimes want to hit when we're super angry. So yes. teaching that to a child, uh, a typical child, typical developing child is is hard enough. And then kiddos that have that sometimes no impulse control. Um, mm-hmm. This this really helps. And just that. a side note, a side note, really quick. Because when it comes to impulse control, I talk mm-hmm. I've talked about this in my executive functioning trainings. Yeah. Um, but it is not natural to have impulse control. Right. The unnatural thing to do right. is to resist those impulses. And so I love that, Nate. Yeah, like I think that's important for us as adults Definitely. who have probably better impulse control to remember. It's what we're doing is not natural. What right. we are doing is a skill that we practice through <laughs> all of our development and we continue to practice today. Right. And some of us are not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, for kids, it's yeah. not a matter of them making the wrong choice in the moment. It's that they are literally not doing the thinking right. because their brain just has to still develop that skill. But can anyway, I, can I say, is this too controversial to say that a lot of parents who spank or who slap faces or who hit in that response of anger? Is that too controversial yeah, to no, say? No, I don't think so. I mean, we're not no. for hitting kids. I mean, yeah, we're not definitely yeah. not. And I think that <laughs> that's like my biggest thing. It's like uh, when we spank or when we hurt a child because we're frustrated because we want to teach them a lesson. Really, that's just because we don't have impulse control. We're not yeah. practicing the skill of calming our stuff down. <laughs> yeah, that's in the moment, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. We just, yeah. But, and then, I mean, really, a lot of the suggestions that I talk about, you know, when somebody's being, when a kid is being oppositional to you, don't respond right away. That's because we have impulses when somebody's being oppositional to shut it down. We call those big feelings in our home. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling big feelings. And not much thinking, <laughs> right. mostly feelings. Right. Um. So, so you, one of your obstacles might be, for example, impulse control. So then that will go between the boat and kind of the end of the paper where the goal is at. Yeah. Um, and, and 
how I like to also show this is that because I, I, I think it's really important to, to encourage the child that has additional barriers in their life to show them that they do have to work harder than the typical developing child. I think that that just kind of like roots them on a little bit and shows them yeah. that your hard work is worthy and it is yeah. noticed. And so I and like a, and, to, and a good way to do that yeah. is by talk, by using this visual before you even talk about the kid or, you know, the, whoever you're working with. Yeah their issue you can illustrate it with yourself and totally. your own issue because this yes. is all applicable we all have obstacles and barriers to our goals right. or to the behaviors that we want to have yeah so yeah normalize it say right. you know and and i think it is legitimate to a, a significant degree to say you have it harder and yeah. in a lot of cases than a lot of your friends you know than your brother and sister whoever it is and so that's why we want to talk about it and then you know talk about the solutions which of course is the next part of the visual so good also can i just say too Mm -hmm. um i have a lot of things i just want to say but i just feel like um one way that too i support just that notion about having it harder is that what i always tell my kids about their barriers that they were born with because i hear a lot at night uh because when you introduce the idea to a child that they do have it harder more times than not, at least in my experience, you're going to hear the child say, I wish I wasn't born this way. Mm-hmm. And what my return response to that child, is not necessarily in that moment, I let them feel those feelings and, and give them a safe place to feel those feelings because they're real and they have every right to feel that way. But what I remind them in, in different moments is that we are all created with intention. And I think reminding kids that they got this you know, building, make them feel like superpowers. Yeah. These are absolutely superpowers. We, we can't let it be a stress. Hell no. Like even a small stress right. over time can be traumatic. So yeah. definitely keeping things positive and, yeah. you know, instead of what, you know, I think a lot of times for us too, is if some of the time the person with FASD can, can work with us verbally, then yeah. we want to keep doing it because most of us are just yeah. verbal creatures. And so we forget that, yeah, maybe on one day they could problem solve with you verbally, but then the next day, you know, they can't necessarily. And yeah. we forget that. And so using, uh, relating that to, they don't have to be ashamed or scared because that's why we're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. For those days, I'm just going to keep going on these tangents, Saints. For those days that they don't verbally or, or let's say our oldest can't just handle another thing of me talking to her in her lunchbox, I always go over what we talked about before. So I'll, in her lunchbox, I'll draw little pictures of her with a super cape and say, you got this girl, mm-hmm. or I believe in you, or you were intended this way. And I think just those gentle reminders are like in her folder. At the end of the day, she writes down what was great about her day. And the night before, I'll go in that folder to the day she's going to um, see the next day to fill in and I'll write little notes to her like I'm so freaking proud of you you are so strong you are so tough and just writing these little messages or on the bathroom mirror on a sticky note I just you it just making that part of your curriculum of your life with these children is to just every moment you can find these written reminders to them visuals that, yeah. yeah that mm-hmm. they're incredible humans and and they've got this yeah. it's really powerful cool we can we so, can get back to the, yeah, the, the focus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I mean it's yeah. all related to visuals. So right, right. Then we have our supports page, and so mm-hmm. there's a bunch of images there just to kind of guide you through. Okay, we have an obstacle. So then, what is the support to that obstacle? And right. of course, you know we have some examples on the visual itself. But to impulsivity, there's several things. So maybe one support could be, you know, I'm me as the parent. I'm going to give you extra time to think. Right. And so that they know why we're doing what we're doing. 
for impulsivity, there, I mean, there's a bunch of things you can do. You can maybe w one support would be they want to try using an organizer. Um, and maybe that will help them stay focused or they want to make a visual that will remind them or put a reminder on their phone or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something that we do at home that I think is, has been clicking with our oldest recently is um, when she's getting really angry, I'll say tummy, tummy, tummy. And it's this really, it's a safe word for her. And she knows we, we practice yoga and she's a, she's a really big yogi now. And um, it just is a reminder for her to put her hand on her tummy and to feel that anger or that stress and just mm -hmm. focus on that for a second. And, and it's been really, really helpful the last few, um, well, last couple months with her yeah. of just putting her hand on her tummy. Um, and that it kind of just disarms her for a second. So that's a support. Mm -hmm. It's just a safe word. Right. So then if you, if we're talking about this with her, you know, we have our obstacle, um, which is, you know, impulsivity because yeah. she doesn't want to hit the goal is not hitting. And then the support would be, how you prompt her. So, you know, I'll say tummy to you. Okay. But here's a question, Nate. Yeah. This is something I'm still working on mm -hmm. because a lot of days we've had a, anxiety has been driving her for the last few months. It's been real, real intense at home. And so it's been sight and sound. I'm always within sight and sound of her so that I am mm -hmm. doing most of the supports. What can I be doing for her that can trigger her own, um, her own self in that impulse moment, because I think that's really hard for her is when she's feeling that and I'm not there to stop her. Right. Well, practicing. And so okay. you being there to verbally remind her is a way of practicing, but then can we move to the nonverbal? Can we give a different kind of signal? Um, I've encouraged some clients to like make a bracelet mm -hmm. and then, so they, they make it, they go to a jewelry store, they make the bracelet or they buy a bracelet, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then they're wearing it. And then we have a signal that whenever we, as their parents or caregivers touched that, yeah. that means we want them to stop and think. We recently made a video about making a stop and think plan. And one of the prompts is tapping on something that they're wearing. Right. Okay. But then with that bracelet in the, in this particular case, you know, when they're at school and we aren't around to tap it, at right. least they have that bracelet on. Okay. And so at different times of the day, maybe we can hope that they'll start to see that bracelet and actually think about that a little. Okay. And with impulse control in particular, that's not what this episode's about, but with right. that particular skill, that's something that's going to improve as a person gets older and their brain keeps developing. For sure. um, so sometimes it's really a matter of doing some of these supports, but also just waiting for their brain to, you know, build on itself a little bit. And prevention, right? Yeah. And not letting it get stressful. That's the other thing is right. when, when we allow situations to get stressful, some situations will be stressful. There's nothing we can do, but then there are things that we, if we could adjust our expectations as parents or caregivers, yeah. we don't, nobody would stress out. And then we would be able to use this system, this visual system or some other kind of proactive plan or conversation to address what's going on. I think what you just said there is one of the key terms is adjust our expectations. And I think we should like say that every single episode, because that's such mm -hmm. a powerful reminder that we and yeah. our brains and our thinking are we can have all the supports in the world, but when we don't adjust our own expectations and our own stuff, our own baggage, it's, yeah. we, that's the most important bit. And with fetal alcohol, there's no option. You right. have to adjust your expectations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no option. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Totally. Hi, guys. Hi. Guys, this is super stressful for me because Nate, for a couple of weeks, has been asking me to do the outro. And anything structured or intense, I get way nervous about and it makes me feel super uncomfortable and I <laughs> turn red and want to go away. But today I'm choosing courage and I'm going to do it. So allow me to proceed to the outro. Mm -hmm. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for, <laughs> for for listening to our episode about the river. This has been Jill Snell coming to you from Salem, Oregon with her co-host, Nate Sheets. <laughs> thanks everyone. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Guys, also I just want to say, legit, you're kicking ass. No, that's swearing. I'm not allowed to swear. You guys are doing awesome. I'm so proud of you. You've got this. Dun 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 d